Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Friday, April 28th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Russia's stock market has rebounded, Europe's commercial real estate deals have slowed, and the S&P 500 is up since the start of the year, but a handful of stocks are doing all the work. I'm not even being facetious here. Where would we be without tech stocks? I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Russia's stock market has bounced back to its highest level in more than a year. The MOEX index has risen more than 10% in dollar terms since its October lows, but it's still nowhere near where it was before Moscow invaded Ukraine last year. What's boosting the market is all the money that's trapped inside the country, since Moscow has restricted money from leaving. Russian retail investors have nowhere else to put their cash, and stocks are much cheaper than before the war. So investors are buying up stocks in big Russian companies like Lukoil, Gazprom, and Spurbank, which recently collectively rewarded shareholders with billions of rubles in dividends. In Europe, there hasn't been a ton of activity in the market for office buildings. Commercial real estate deals hit an 11-year low in the first quarter of this year. That's according to new data from MSCI. Our property correspondent, Josh Oliver, says the 62% drop from last year is absolutely brutal. And it really reflects buyers and sellers being unable to reach an agreement on the real, you know, what the value of these properties should be and having the confidence that it's a good time to make a deal. If they're not sure about the price or they're not sure about the environment, they will wait. So Europe, like a lot of places, is dealing with the shift to work at home. And its real estate industry is also confronted with worries about a recession and rising interest rates. I mean, this is exactly what people would have told you was going to happen when you see interest rates rising the way they have. This is you know, almost like clockwork, but it's a question of, Obviously, also the, the feeling and sentiment in the market and, you know, the fact that you have had bank failures in the U.S. and in Europe really does not help. Even if there's no direct links, and in, in some cases there are, um, just the overall feeling of, of fear and anxiety in, in markets is, it doesn't make it feel like the right time to sign on the dotted line for, you know, a multi-million euro deal. Josh Oliver is the FT's property correspondent. Big tech companies have had an absolutely stellar week. Meta, Alphabet, and Microsoft reported earnings for the first quarter and all beat Wall Street's expectations. Amazon reported earnings yesterday and said its cloud computing sales jumped 16% year-on-year. Tech giants are doing so well that they're pretty much propping up the broader stock market. And yesterday, Wall Street stocks had their best day since early January, thanks to those stellar big tech earnings reports. To talk more about this, I've got the FT's markets editor, Katie Martin, on the line. Hey, Katie. Hey, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, the tech sector is doing better. Hooray for the tech sector. Hooray for the tech <laughs> Where sector. Where would we they, be without the tech sector? They, they, they obviously <laughs> needed a win. Uh, and I, I only mean that half-jokingly because of all the layoffs that have been going on in the tech sector over the past few months in response to high interest rates. And tech stocks continued to do well over this, this recent period. 
Mm. I mean, the thing is, there's job cuts and there's job cuts, right? So you look at the number of, you know, thousands of people let go from these enormous technology companies and, you know, you tot it all up and you you could think to yourself, you know, this is a sector in serious trouble. But in reality, these companies have like infinity money in the bank. <laughs> you know, they're, they're not letting people go because they're starting to fail. They're letting people go because they've been involved in projects that they're not so keen on anymore or because they just want to rebalance various bits of the business. But yeah, where, like, I'm not even being facetious here. Where would we be without tech stocks? You know, there's this clutch of really big tech stocks that sit at the top of the S&P 500. I mean, that that's a great question. Where would American equities be without tech stocks thriving right now? Yeah, they they would be in a bad place. The thing is, they'd be they would have been in a bad place for quite a long time. To be fair, it's not a new phenomenon that the U.S. stock market is incredibly top heavy. You've got this clutch of really big kind of tech stocks that sit at the top of the market that have absolutely dominated the S and P five hundred for years now. So, quite often that means that the stock market can look like it's telling you one thing. And actually, it's only telling you how a little handful of technology companies are doing, which is kind of mad. But that's the state of the world that we that we find at the moment. And if you look at the broader index of like US small cap stocks, that's doing much, much worse than the S&P. So yeah, a reminder that markets are not real life. Uh, as another uh, podcast host, radio host says, um, markets are not the economy. And yesterday, we got a snapshot of how the American economy is doing. Uh, growth slowed a lot more than economists expected. You know, what was the market reaction to that? You know, previously, the growth rate annualized was running at 2.6% at the back end of last year. Economists were expecting that number to come in at 2% uh, for the first quarter of this year. And actually, it came in at one1 which is ish, you know. Yeah, that's a, not great. That, that's that's not a that's not a great number. No, unpleasant. Yeah, uh, stocks are all right though. <laughs> For yeah. all of it matters. Last time I looked at a, at a screen, they were they were really doing okay. The really big question for investors now is: is this the big one? Is this the first little tremor that tells us how bad the massive recession that everyone was very comfortably predicting at the start of this year that has yet to materialize. Is this it? Are we there yet? And I was just chatting to a fund manager who was saying, I'm kind of really bored of this question. (laughs) Yeah, I can imagine. And, you know, she was saying, like, who cares? Who cares whether this ends up actually being determined to officially have been a recession? The fact is the economy is slowing down. That's what matters. And for investors, they have to figure out, is my portfolio ready for this? And everyone is looking through their portfolios and figuring out, hmm, where's the next Silicon Valley bank? Do I want to be holding stocks like this? I don't think I do. So they're just getting much more picky, much more choosy, much more focused on quality so that however big the recession or the slowdown is, they're ready for it. That's that's the game. And they feel like if they come through this calendar year kind of flat, they'll be killing it. As long as they don't have a complete bin fire like they had last year, they'll be perfectly happy. Katie Martin is the FT's markets editor. Thank you very much, Katie. Pleasure. Before we go, one indicator of Chinese consumer spending may be the cheese lollipop. It is exactly what it sounds like. 
Cheese mixed with sweet flavors like chocolate and banana, shaped and eaten like a lollipop. And honestly, I don't know how I feel about them. I don't know. Maybe they taste bad, but maybe they taste Gouda. Get it, Gouda? Anyway, they're a really big snack for Chinese kids. And investment bank Goldman Sachs last year recommended that investors buy stock in the top cheese lollipop maker, a company called Milk Ground. Cheese isn't big in China, so Goldman thought it would be an area ripe for growth. But this week, Goldman lost its taste for cheese lollipops. It recommended that investors sell the stock. Goldman cited volatile consumer spending and a softer macro backdrop. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back next week for the latest business news. The FT News Briefing is produced by Sonia Hudson, Fiona Simon, and me, Mark Filipino. Our editor is Jess Smith. We had help this week from Katie McMurrin, David De Silva, Michael Lello, and Gavin Kalman. Our executive producer is Topher Forges. Cheryl Brumley is the FT's global head of audio, and our theme song is by Metaphor Music. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024.